Hold your breath. Make a wish. Count to three. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Take a look and you'll see into your imagination. We'll begin with a spin traveling in the world of my creation. What we'll see will defy explanation. If you want to view paradise, simply look around and view it. Anything you want to do it, want to change the world, there's nothing to it. Hurry up, pilot. This way, Grandpa. No life I know to compare with pure imagination. Living there, you'll be free if you truly wish to be. Good evening and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic podcast. I'm this week's host, Chris Bowd. Um, later on, we'll be speaking to Tony Hamilton, CEO of the Celtic Foundation. Uh, thank you once again, Tony, for coming on. Uh, you can find Tony on Twitter at uh, Polish Turnstile. Um, this week, we're joined by some regular cynics here in Haran. Good evening. Louis DJ McCaffrey. The DJ is in the house. Darren Jackson, how are you doing? I'm good, I, I still don't think I look like, much like Darren Jackson. But. The spit looks. <laughs> Keith just. It's just him. <laughs> to be fair, I'm. I'm uh, judging by that reaction, maybe it's a good thing, Keith. It's wonderful. Keith Hard G McGinty, thank you for joining Good evening. Um, so, guys, uh, since we last did a podcast, good things have happened. We went. Uh, qualified for the Champions League. Ah! Pretty amazing. We're all delighted with that. Uh, we'll maybe just talk about the Hapwell game. Um, it was a bit of a, a mixed bag as much as we qualified. We didn't do it with uh, the most grace and skill I've ever seen a team qualify for the Champions League. Could probably summarise it in one word. Rotten. Rotten. Right. I would maybe swear, but it's a bit early to start swearing the podcast. for terrifying. It was it was a pretty pretty bad performance, wasn't it? Overall, I mean, it was always going to be a difficult one. We spoke about it uh, last week in, in terms of what what should the mindset be, what should what should the plan of attack be? Um, do we try and keep it tight? Just the longer, I mean, we spoke about the fact the longer the game goes now, now the better it is for us. Um, but I don't know if 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 maybe. You know, Brendan Rodgers, I think in the end, he maybe just got it wrong. He just got the, the the kind of outlook wrong. That he tried to defend it 
try and withstand the pressure that he knew was going to come. Whereas maybe we would have been better trying to get our foot in the ball and dominate a bit more. Obviously, you've got to take you're going to take a risk then. But the way the game played out, it was very difficult to watch. You were really expecting expecting goals to go in at any any point. It was not a it was not a comfortable. But night. A, lot, a lot of that come down to it was more the actual performances individually than it was the kind of from the setup and the formation. I mean, he set up quite well, but he still had the two outlets of the two wingers. Um, an extra pass midfield, more more legs and McGregor. You would expect we were expecting than maybe Rodic. Yeah. Um, however, majority of the players they just this didn't perform, which you can't. Rodgers can't predict that. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, that, that's fair enough. I don't think any. Well, I, speaking for myself, I was happy with the team that came out. I had said last week when we were speaking about it, I, I would, I would have put McGregor in instead of Rodgers, and and that's that is what happened. The team I didn't really argue with at all, uh, and I still don't. But I still think the tactics of the team to play. You know, we've started off this season so well, playing great attacking, dominating football. Why totally reverse that thinking? Because that's pretty much what we looked as if we'd done. But you're right, the players bottled it. The players bottle absolutely crashed. With the exception of Tierney and Colo. I thought they were the only players for me that really got pass marks. And the rest of them just looked... Shit scared of what was what what could potentially happen because there was points when, we, when I think it's only made a point I never quite noticed but McGregor was actually hiding behind people when it came to the pass and the ball being available he just did not want it he just seemed to kind of be frightened which when you say we, we brought out McGregor we brought in McGregor for Rodic because McGregor's got more fitness about him or he's got more pace about him whereas after watching Saturday with Rodic Rodic would, would have probably been better having the ball at his feet He's got very good feet, so he may not have to do the kind of tracking back, but he probably would have held the ball a bit better. And also, there'd have been a, that link between him and Griffiths, because unfortunately Griffiths was just right out of that game, totally was on his own, and, and that's not his fault. That was the fact of when we had McGregor in there, it was three central midfielders, and I mean, the, the thing is, well, we, we've got to give a bit of respect to, to Hapwell. I mean, they came at us, they, I mean, their game plan was, right, we need to get Celtic straight away, and he did that, and that's going to happen if a team comes at you. You're gonna you're, you're gonna have to try and get out, but then that's where your, your players have got to make a bit of a an outball available. I'd watched the highlights of the Olympiacos game when they beat them, and what they did was they kept bombing up and down the the touchline, and they seemed to do that against us. We we seemed to play quite narrow, and they just constantly kept switching the ball from left to right, and they were getting a lot of joy down our right hand side. I think from the first half, from the first leg, they they just kind of noticed it. Our weakest link at for most of the team was uh, Yanko. I they identified it and they played really, really well. We did not pass put a, a string of passes together at all, really, and it was that was the thing that was was causing us the most bother. Like you said, the way we'd set up having Sinclair and Forrest and Griffiths up front, you're thinking, we're, even if we're hitting on the breaks, if we're hitting it long, we've got people that can run onto the ball. We're going to be able to create chances that way, soak up pressure. But we weren't doing that. We were just looking quite. I don't. I think the pressure of the game got to the the team. Yeah. Um, because we've not been in the Champions League for a couple of years, but we've done it now. So that could be a, a the game itself was was absolutely terrifying. But now that we're there, that could be a, a right bonus for the the team. A wee bit of mental strength that they're they're hopefully going to build on now. 
Uh, that goal, Yanko, Gordon, what are our feelings on that? There was a little bit of debate about who, if anyone, was at fault for the... For me, it's probably more towards Gordon because, for me, Gordon looked like he was grabbing that ball, that princess, instead of actually giving a bit more force. I can slightly see the way of... Uh, uh, he, straight after, he laid the blame at Yanko because... Obviously, Yanko can see he's one run towards Gordon. He can see. I don't think Gordon's seen him in his blind spot because he was too busy watching the ball coming in and he shouted to Toure to leave it, which he's done. So he's possibly never looked to his right hand side at all. But Yanko, it's just unfortunate. I mean, the guy was coming back because he was tracking his man. Because if see if he doesn't come back with that that man and Gordon for some reason doesn't get that ball, that guy's going to have a tap in. So he still has to come back. But obviously, when he hit the pace he was going at, he started to put the brakes on. But there was no, there was no, not enough space and time for him to slow right down without clattering. Gordon, but Gordon should have been more commanding, I feel, for the ball. He should have had kind of got it in his chest and just if he had to flatten the ankle, then just yes. Louis, you're making faces. I, I, I think it's got to, uh, you know, it's got to be kind of a, a bit of both. Yes, you want you want Gordon to, especially a goalkeeper, he's got the ball in his hands in the box. You would expect him to be to be keeping hold of that ball until he knows he can he can kick it or throw it. However, if he did get hit on his blind side or whatever and he didn't expect it, it you know, you can kind of put that down to just one of those things, you know. Um, I don't... I, I felt sorry. I, I, I did not in the immediate moment because I was in a rage, but... <laughs> I felt after the game I did kind of feel sorry for Yanko in a way his, his performance overall was pretty abysmal but for that to happen as well it was just you know that is, is really going to hurt his confidence and if um, we'll get to transfer stories pretty soon but I mean if there's anybody else coming in at right back that's um, not going to do his confidence a world of good either Saying that after they scored their second, they had two substitutions in the first half, didn't they? They seemed to run out of steam, which was... First half hour they had two substitutions, I'm pretty sure. For the last, what, 15, 20 minutes, they didn't really create all that much. We seemed to be quite comfortable when uh, Rodgers finally got it right, we got into the back five. Yeah. It it seemed to shore us up. We we got that wee bit of confidence with Fiachenko coming on. Like you said, Toure was fantastic. He's mm. really developed into an absolute lieutenant in that defence for, for Rodgers. Um, but yeah, for all, I was absolutely terrified of what might happen just because it's Celtic. I feel strangely comfortable in the last yeah. well, that, 10 minutes or so. That's the thing. I was, sorry, I was the opposite. I was 100% convinced they were scoring. I just, I just thought it was it's Celtic and with the performance it's just one of those things I, where we're going to get put in I, 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 I was I, convinced myself with that I thought I thought that as well I must admit but I, I do agree I do agree with you it, the game was easier in the last 10 minutes than what it had been like but just the fact that Rogers was sitting constantly thinking what can I do how can I affect this what can I and he tried different things tried he's already said he moved to a diamond in midfield um, that didn't work so he ended up his, his you know his plan C or D was to go with three at the back or five with the wing backs included and it worked but the guy it was like trying to you know 
get your way out a straight jacket and you know before before it's curtains he was he was trying to trying to get some and he got it he got the the, the thing that Eric Sviachenko was his dislocated shoulder yes. that's what you're saying yes big Eric but that, that's great to see that we've got a manager who can make changes like that I mean we've seen it the last two years where there was one plan and that was it whereas like you said you're almost already seen these so Rodgers has so many variations that the players are actually able to and it's, it's not even so much buying in they're actually able to I, I mean the pressure in that game we know ourselves during that pressure they managed to then change the, the way of playing to go from like two centre halves or like a back four to then have to play a back three or back five and then the, 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 the kind of mentality switch to for your positioning because you're now changing the position of where you are on the pitch and for these guys to do that under such su- supreme pressure with one goal and that was it dream was over I, I think it's actually now quite impressive that the players are actually at that level now as well well I think we we as fans learned a lot about Rodgers and that his tactical Acumen is so superior to certainly Dyla of last year, uh, Neil Lennon before him. Tactically, I think the man is spot on, and and he he does come up with different options. Um, but the other thing is, he would have learned a hell of a lot about his players that night. I mean, he, okay, I, I think his tactics were wrong. I think he, he, I think I do think he got it wrong, and he sat he. He sat them too defensive, and the instructions were they they had to be more defensive. Um, he, he must have said that, but he still would have learned a hell of a lot about the players' mentality. He also put a lot of trust in the players to change it. I don't think very often they'll be practicing five at the back at Lennox Town. Maybe it's something that they have worked upon previously, but it looked as if he was. They've been brought through playing football. They've played loads of different formations. He was giving them the trust that, listen, we're going to change it. We need to change this. Listen, I trust you to be able to take this different formation on. Luckily, it worked. Scott Brown would have been note. I was about to say, it was all in the note. We all want to know what that note says. We never probably will do, but... Wee Wallace is a grass. That's what I said. <laughs> You're walking home if they don't get um, But I think as well, what was even more important was it, it was a poor penalty, but... The penalty didn't go in. See if that penalty went in after thirteenth minute. I, I don't, if you don't want to see. It's all ifs and buts nowadays. But that that would have been hard because the fact that getting a goal swelly, their main, momentum would have probably kicked in a lot quicker. Then I think was it thirty five minutes they actually scored. I want to say. Can't even it was a bit later on. So I think that extra twenty minutes of having to get the game going was fine. But I mean, had they scored swelly, were there. That's it. That's all Mars. They draw. I know. Aye, well done, Celtic. Good work. So He's just give you a segue in there, and you just uh, you just try to pass it off. Up. Aye. So um, the draw. Thank you, Keith. Uh, Man City, Barcelona, uh, Gladbach. It's pretty tough, isn't it? <laughs> it's uh, it's box office anyway. Put it that way. Big ties. What do we Barcelona it's fantastic to play Barcelona but obviously we've done it to death um, would you prefer somebody we've not played previously you're looking at the, the, the glamour tie the one stupidly you'd want would have been the Real Madrid uh, group but then you're thinking you'd have rather the Leicester one because you'd Leicester and Bruges in there and that's more a, 
kind of games where we could get something that's kind of do you want to play the massive big teams for the kind of glamour or do I get to the next last 16 now I'm not I'm not being too arrogant but we would have a better chance I think with the Leicester group than we would do the one we're in just now or had we got that Real one but Real Madrid is the, the dream there as much as the camp there is a fantastic stadium I'm lucky to have I'm lucky that I've managed to, to go to the Bernabeu for my 30th um, my wife took us and that's just an absolute cathedral to football. It is stunning to see a game of football in there, and the Celtic fans would just absolutely suit it. The noise that would have made in there, would have get absolutely pumped. But see right. if we'd scored a goal, it would have been fantastic. We can look forward to that for next year. Aye. Aye. Or the last 16 this year. Oh, very true. <laughs> um, Man City, it's an interesting proposition, obviously... If you're looking at squads and player values and things like that, we really shouldn't be competing with Man City, but um, you think Parkhead, we can take some points off them? I, th- I, I, I honestly don't think we should ever go into a game. I mean, we've, we've, we've done it in the past. There's no reason why we should go into a game at Celtic Park and not believe that we can do, we can do something special in, on, on one night. You know what I mean? Um going away to the to the new camp, going away to the Etihad, that's gonna be that's gonna be a big test. And that it would I think it'll be interesting to see with Rogers if he can take us to these places and and give you know, he can get a performance out of us. We don't want to go to Barcelona again and get thumped five 0 or something like that. And obviously the, the squad don't need that in terms of confidence but you know if he could take us to these places and give a good account of ourselves it'll be progress well New Camp's the first one so for me that's it's probably better getting that out of the road because that's a tougher one the one you're expecting to have nothing but it's coming so early where you might argue that Barcelona aren't firing all cylinders yet they're just kind of getting themselves mm. into the kind of pace of the season whereas if we played them in October November they'd be like what happened the last time we got six 6-1 so we might be able to compete a bit better um, I don't know if Neymar's going to be back in time for that game not sure um, one thing I would add and obviously we'll, we'll talk about these games as they come up but you mentioned with Hapwell going and being defensive was maybe a, a mistake when we're going to the Etihad when we're going to New Camp or Camp New um, how do you feel we should we should play there because obviously we normally play a very attacking style um, do we keep that up or is that just a, a fool's errand trying to play attacking football against a Barcelona and do we do we do what we did for that famous famous victory where we, we play defensively well, I think he, I, I think there's a difference between playing defensively um, playing like parking the bus and Playing defensively, but with you know, with the ability to break, well, that's what we need. Now, we've got pace in the team. I think he's, I think that's what Brendan Rodgers wanted to do in that Hapoel game, but it never really worked. So he had Forrest, he had Griffiths, and he had Sinclair, but it didn't look as if the play. If it, if it was me, I would be saying we stay tight, we keep in shape. Keep make sure your distances between each other are short, so stay compact. But if we get the ball, 
get your head up and get it to I so as soon as we won possession back Forrest for me should be pulling out as close to the, the touchline as he can to stretch things so should Sinclair and you get the ball to them as quick as you can as the out ball that makes sense and then that gives us we, we want those types of players to have a one on one if they can or even better just space to run into to let us get uh, relieve some pressure but it never looked as if that was the plan, and and we the players weren't good enough. You know, it may it may be a very obvious tactic, but sometimes that can be the thing that works. And I think if we could go to the new camp, try and keep things tight and compact, but try and make use of the fact that it's a massive pitch and you've got players with pace in your team. Just tell them get the get the ball out to these players and let them run. I'll give them a note. Tell them <laughs> give them a note. Aye. I think um, Leicester should be the the ones that we should be f- try to copy for, especially the European games like that. Like you're saying, give them space to run into, but we need to have pace up front, and I think Sinclair would provide that maybe a wee bit more than Griffiths. Um, I'm starting to want a Griffiths, believe it or not. <laughs> um, but I think that. Just like um, Leicester do, they soak it up the pressure, but they're not afraid to go for a, a long ball, bump it up into into space for um, Jimmy Vardy to run into. Sinclair, I think, would be excellent at that. And it's not something we did enough. Um, we didn't get the ball out from midfield whenever we did receive it um, last week. So that's something that we should be looking to do. Try to either hit with pace um, on the counter-attack or even pass it up through the midfield and get them running at or running onto a ball that's still the, that's still the worry for me though sorry Kim, but see with Beaton I still think he's slowing the game down and that, that the transition that the, like Rogers has talked about and, and managers talk about from from being defensive suddenly winning the ball that, that transition into the attack it's got to happen quick and if Beaton's going to be the, the man who is the first midfielder to touch the ball Often it slows it down far too much and people can get back. That's my worry that although he brings a calmness beat on, he's still too slow, he still dwells. If we are Brent, going to counter-attack, yeah. we need speed, not... But not, yeah. not, it's not even necessarily speed. You also have to have quality of pass from deep, which some of them, I mean, the centre-halves at times don't have a good quality ball out. Scott Brown can't play a long pass either. So if you want to try and catch them in the counter, in the counter and you want to have the ball from defence up to attack quickly and you're obviously bypassing midfield, you want to have a quality of ball that Griffiths can then run onto. Now, yeah, I'm not to see that we have that kind of quality within the kind of back two or Scott Brown or even Bitton at times. Sometimes long passing isn't, isn't that great. So... That's the issue. I mean, you could be hitting these long balls, but you could be hitting them one way and it's nowhere near Griffiths. And he's having to go and chase and get them. So with with that, you do have to have the quality of pass that's going to, it's going to reach Griffiths or at least give him a chance to kind of run onto it and get to it. And there's been a kind of a mixed reaction, I think, um, looking on Twitter and so on around Gladpack. Some people feel that it's going to be an easy tie. Some people think it's going to be a very difficult tie. Kieran, what are your thoughts on on Gladback? Do you think um I've can't remember really watching a lot of Gladback, but I do know that they are, well, they're a Champions League team and they're German, so they're, they're a quality side. So they are. Um, I do think it will be tough, but I think it's going to be as a team that we've not played, so it's a bit of an unknown for both of us. So that at Parkhead, it could be 
it could be a, a good game to try and to, to try and get a result. Um, I I'm not negative, but I do think we're going to struggle to get points in this group. Um, I think at home, well, obviously at home is going to be our best chance. We're going to have to try and pull off one of these spectacular nights. Whether we can do it three times, I'm not too sure. Um, if it's one, I'd rather it be the Borussia one because I think there's more of a possibility with that. Because I mean, we know Barcelona itself and the quality of City as well. They've now got Pep in charge, so he's just going to start getting them playing that kind of football. So it's like it's like we're going to play. It may be the wrong way we're going to play the same team twice when we play Barcelona and City because Barca still play very similar. So that might help us. So it's like four games are going to be against the exact same style of play. So that's going to help us. The Borussia one will be something different. Um, it's something I'm trying to think of last time we played a German team. Stuttgart, I think, in Seville. Run? No. They've been since similar that. So we don't really know. Played Bayern Munich since then, surely, if we're not. We'll probably have uh, in Champions. So we've not played a lot of German teams in, a, in the kind of German style. So it's going to be something different. So we're there. We'll give it a bash. And... <laughs> we can only hope for the best yeah fantastic just, just looking at some of the, the <coughs> danger players for uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach you've got Thorgan Hazard um, brother of Eden Hazard right. he seemed to he got a hat trick in the, the qualifier last week um, so they've got Raf, Raphael as a centre forward as well because they scaled no they scaled uh, young boys didn't they 9-2 I think they got was it 10 Um They've got they've got some good goalkeepers quality as well. Summer, they've got some cracking players in that. Um, it's going to be very very difficult. Realistically, we're hoping for third place European football after Christmas, but that will be a minor miracle in that. I think all of us, if ultimately the aim was get to the group stages of the Champions League, so we've we've won a watch, we've done that, and now it's just. Let's see what we can do earlier. We did we did put up a, a couple of polls uh round about the, the draw. Twitter tron. Yep. Um one of the ones we we put up just to just to kinda see what we would get. With Celtic in the Champions League group stages, what matters more to you? The money earned or the teams we can play? This was obviously before the draw and uh, after the Hapoel game. Um we had hundreds of votes, uh, over 300 votes. 60% said the teams we can play um, and 40% the money earned. Uh, for me, I still think... I, I, obviously, it's great playing these, these games, um, but I wouldn't expect to go through. And, I, and I, I, I do still think maybe people don't want to admit it, but I still think the major reason that there's so much pressure and emphasis on us getting through to the Champions League is it's all about the money it, it just seems to be that if we fail to get in it's a massive massive downer on the season and I still think the majority of the reasons is because of money the, pl- the players that you can attract and everything else for me, the mo- the money is the big reason why we want to be there. Maybe not necessarily for the competitiveness of being in the Champions League. There's there's prestige there, but the the money's ridiculous. Thirty million pounds um, for Celtic is just massive. It's huge, um, and it means um, and we're getting close, obviously, to the the closure of the, the transfer window. But it it should mean that we can invest in players that we couldn't have otherwise. So it's going to help mm. us build for the future to again continue our domestic dominance and possibly push to progress 
slightly further in Europe next year compared to what we do this year. Do you know something? We're missing Sir Manny's positivity tonight. No, <laughs> who thought we'd ever say that? Another poll that we put up um, before the the draw. Um, what is your preference? Glamour ties for fun, or the easiest draw possible? So kind of what you were talking about earlier, Kieran. Uh Again, loads of votes, um, and easiest draw possible. One with sixty four percent. Glamour ties uh, with thirty six percent. So again, people. Obviously, when you get there, you want to get through, and and you know, as you say, it's kind of when you're waiting for that draw, it's like I would like to be in that group because we might have a chance. But then I'd rather get scudded off of the Barcelona and Man Cities of the world as opposed to Bruges and Leicester. Yeah. Um, but you, you see, you never know. Parkhead. It's and as um, Tony says, which you'll be hearing soon. Um, it does maybe feel a little bit like uh, the Martin O'Neill times with Brendan here, and you know we had that parkhead, the Fortress Parkhead, where you know didn't matter what European side came to to Celtic Park, uh, the likelihood was that we were taking three points off them. Uh, if we can get anywhere near that, yeah, who says progression is impossible? And it's going to look like Parkhead's going to be sold out as well yeah. for these games. The atmosphere that the fans generate. A mid-week game is just so much fun. Yes, it is. And um, when you're looking at the, the 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 sides with actual European pedigree in that group, it is Barcelona and Celtic. So yeah. we've we've got the history behind us. Uh, moving on to kind of transfers, there's a, there's quite a few different rumours swirling around Parkhead, Celtic Park. Uh, tonight, I don't know if anything's official yet, but um, don't think it's official. No, no, we uh, we do have a right back making his way. Gamboa, is it pronounced? You've just made it official. Yes, boom, boom. A uh, so right back. Do you think that is a priority position? And what do we think of? Uh, Not until last week, it wasn't. No, I absolutely. I think this. I think this has came on the back of. The Hapoel game. Um, and is that harsh? Because Yanko, uh, a lot of people were singing his praises. Uh, the last time I was in the pod, my kind of opinion was, you know what, he kind of looks all right, but we don't know either way yet. He's not, uh, we've not seen enough of Yanko fully fit, getting her on the team to say, right, he, he, he's going to be good or he's not. Obviously, Hapoel was just a disaster. Um is it fair to just say, right, Yanko's done after what essentially is one bad performance? Or do you think going into the Champions League group stages, it's something that we need to fix? I don't think it's a case of saying he's done. I think it's certainly a case of saying he's not ready. That he's not he's not there yet. He's not the quality that we need right now to go straight into that team. Which, one hand you can kind of understand in, in the fact that he, he did have a long time out of injury he's still not had a lot of, of, of competitive game time just in his career uh, yeah in his career absolutely so it, it, I, I don't think he'll be you know sold I mean, I mean Christ if he looks at F.A. Ambrose he'll be thinking I've got years ahead of, ahead of me at this club but um I think definitely it's on the back of that game that we're signing this uh, boy Gamboa from uh, West Brom. 
Um, so, listen, none of us, are, I don't think any of us can claim to know much about the boy. He did play in Norway, which is a bit of a worry. Um, Mr. Mr. Wolf assures us via WhatsApp that he was... Uh, oh, hey, the Wolf knows him. Aye, aye. He's been keeping tabs on him for a long time. Um, but f- from what you read, he, he sounds like he's... Uh, Pacey right back who's probably better at attacking than defending but you would say that probably about most full backs now so it, it doesn't really tell you a, a, an a awful huge lot amount. but I mean Christian was saying he was far and, far and away the best right back in Norway which isn't necessarily seen a huge amount but Norway's um, it's easy to slag them off but the league's comparable to the Scottish league yeah um, Marek big fan of uh, South and Central American football he seems to feel whenever he's seen him um, yeah it's Costa Rican yep um, he's not Marek solid <laughs> Gamboa <laughs> yes uh, so he, he could be a good signing any other thoughts have you seen much of him down south I've not, not at all um, but did they not did West Brom not have that uh, Andre Wisdom last year on loan from Liverpool from Liverpool and was he not so you're obviously getting also kept out of side by him and I think I've seen somebody saying, Wolf said that he believes that Wisdom was a centre-half who uh, shoehorned into a right-back position. So if he's if he's not a typical right-back, but he's keeping out a natural natural, natural right-back, sorry, then that's a bit of a worry then if he's not getting a game time. But Tony Pulis isn't really known for his great flowing attacking football. True. So I move for the defensive. Yeah. The one thing I'd say about Yanko, though, is I don't remember him creating that much in the right-back role. He seems to get up very far but then very quickly turns back or passes it back to Pat Roberts or mm. Forrest or whoever was was there he didn't seem to whereas Tierney would get up that far and be able to cut it back and create a couple of things we've not really seen anything from Yanko and do we think this also maybe means Lustig isn't going to be playing it right back is it more that he's been pushed to centre back or do we think that uh, it'd be Lustig first choice right back with your man Gamboa behind him or nah, I, I, I think I, I think big Lustig has said I've no got the legs for, for for what you're wanting because he, he, he he's going to want his full backs to, to push up the pitch but but they have to be they have to get back the Tierney like you were saying there uh, Keith you know Yanko not being able to do it shows you how good a player we've got in Tierney that we brought through to think he was a ball boy against Barcelona four years ago and now he's about to play them uh, in the Champions League it shows you that we really do have such a great talent in that position but you know Lustig I think he's he's obviously been been kind of put in at centre half during pre-season they've talked to him they're, they're trying to coach him into that position I think I don't think we'll sign I can't see us signing any centre halves again this season. I think he'll be getting in there um, if need be. You know, we still have arguably. You know, we've only brought in uh, Turi at centre half, haven't we? Turi, but we'll this, get Yozo to come back from yeah, injury but because and, of yeah. all these players. That we, we we could arguably have too many centre halves, and yet we were crying out to get some. We got one in. But Colo, for me, Colo has to stay in that team. He's been fantastic. Yeah, Colo's been a rock. But we've also got lots and lots of games coming up with the Champions League, so yeah. we're going to need this and big squad. potentially using three centre-backs in a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, It's a position that we want strengthened, and the fact we've got so many injuries 
Essentially, we don't want to get to the point where F.E. Ambrose is getting considered for a game. <laughs> no. It's very no. important. No, he's still also got Bayata there as well. Mind we don't, think, we don't really want him to be considered I, either. I think you'd still hope that some players will be moved on. Rodgers has said after the the Aberdeen game that he still feels the squad the squad is still too big. Um, but he, he, he did say he did he, he did say that it's going to be up to some players to decide. Yeah, you know, and and at this late stage, I don't know. I mean, it's it clearly suggests he's said to them, "You're not going to feature." The ball's in your court. But I, no. I I don't really like that. I would rather the club were taking the the initiative with these with these sorts of things to a certain extent. Getty. <laughs> Aye, in, in, in a nice way, but, you know, really trying to, you know, show them the door the and, and, and in the best way you if can. If you're not going to play as a, as a player, it's obviously better yeah. for you to find a new club um, where you can potentially get game time. Stefan Johansson, real happy with his moving to London. I thought we badly missed him after the Aberdeen goal that weekend. I'll be right. Kieran, was it time for Big SJ to move on? Um, I don't know. When you look at when you look at McGregor's performance and on Tuesday, you're kind of like he maybe Johansson was probably the better one to have as backup. But then Johansson probably doesn't want to be backup anymore. He wants to wants to play week in week out, and he's not going to get that. And he's not he's not got the quality that we look for when it comes to box to box midfielder. We are looking for one. And, but kind of hoping we might get one. That seems to be the the kind of priority now. Um, so yeah, and it wasn't really kind of part of. It's quite weird. It was it? Almost seems like because but, but he was the one Rogers said that I phoned almost like one of the first or second players to say, "I want you part of my plans." Because obviously towards the end of the towards the end of the last season and this kind of over the summer, the start of it, Johansson was linked with going away. But he also phoned Mulgrew as well. True. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah, he's still phoning about Parkhead. He's watch, 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 go for him. Go tell me which part of my plans he listed. I bum him up. But that, but that's that's the thing. I, I think so, uh, Stefan Johansson, he wasn't going to sign a new deal. Refused to sign a new deal. He, he's been quite open about the fact that he wanted to go to England, and I kind of feel, feel almost sorry for him in a way that he never really held down a position. He always was kind of moved about. It was like, where can we put him in to get the best? I mean, he played his best football probably as a number 10 when he won player of the the season. And yet, you would probably... He was never really your first choice because you had doubts. You think there's other players that could be in there and he he should be more of a box-to-box man. But even playing in the deeper role, he, he, he gave away too many fouls. And he couldn't really, he couldn't command it. He, he kind of struggled to really nail down a position and that, I think, is what kind of undone his Celtic career, which is a bit of a shame. Because yeah. he did, he was phenomenal um, for a period. For that, yeah, for uh, that season. But then he was just Genghis. not phenomenal. Yeah. Aye. Um, and as you say, he was, his fouling, it was just, you know, he was just a nippy little petulant player at times right mm. uh, £2 million pound, no? £2 million. I'll take that hopefully take I'll sell on clause so when he does really well in England we, we actually Aye. get some money when he gets sold on uh, central mid I take it is that the position that we feel we should be strengthening with 
the rumours are that there'll be a right back and maybe one or two other signings. Do you think that's where we need to need to strengthen this squad? I think so. I think if the, it looks as if the right back's done, I think if we're going to get one more, then it's going to be a midfielder. Um, it's it's just who it is. Is like no one this uh, Gamboa boy, the the boy who looks as if he's signing, he's in Glasgow and and all that. He was not on anybody's radar. I have not seen any rumours on Twitter or anything about this boy. And yet, boom, he's here, he's on a plane, he's, he's doing a medical. So no one knows. James McCarthy is seems to be the only name that everybody is talking about. The real serious rumour. But the truth is, no one knows. I'd, I think we would all be quite happy with James McCarthy. Um but we just don't know. Similar role to like Lambert would have played when just keep the midfield ticking. Yeah. Side to side, keep it going. But quality, mm-hmm. you know, it's definitely someone who would walk into the team. You, you know, he's gonna, he would be a starter. And that's the thing, arguably, with all of Brendan Rodgers' signings, every one of them is a starter. You know, D- Dembele's the only one that kind of struggles because, because of, of Griffiths. But, pretty much he's bought and that's what we've been crying out for for so long yeah enough of the project project players enough of developing people for a long period of time get first 11 players in absolutely um any other positions we feel we should consider strengthening other than the central midfield role i'd like another forward then um i'm not sure an out and out striker or yeah yeah i don't know how much shift he's going to feature this season so if we're going to either keep him as a squad player or maybe move him on a bit near mind somebody else however Rogers, did, did he not intimate to the, the chat the possibility that Sinclair can play quite well as a striker yeah. he'd mentioned that so that might be the kind of whole backup there if you obviously get to Shifty plays a certain type of game, but it's not quite the goal scoring. It's more the kind of um, holding up, play. yeah, all that. Whereas Sinclair is an act, a good finisher. So if either Griffiths or Dembele struggling or injured, then Sinclair can. But I suppose if then if you move him in there, who do you place in the wing with Sinclair? Because yeah, we've not really get, we're not we've got Robert, but suppose we've got Robertson Forrest that could probably play either either side. But Robertson Forrest seem to be more for the right hand side. Um, that would be from the left. So. Um, so what I'm hearing from you Keith is that you think that Chifty should play Barcelona and Manchester away is that your do you know what Miku had a cracking game against Barca so anything could happen you never know you never know
And tonight we're joined by Tony Hamilton, CEO of the Celtic Foundation. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the foundation and what you guys can do to help. Tony, first of all, thank you for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me and for the tea and cakes. We always do our best with Green cakes. and white cakes as well. Yep. Plaudits to Harji. Well done. Thanks very much. Top cakes, top biscuits. I bring them every week, yeah. And a vegan option as well. Fantastic. <laughs> a vegan option. So, Keith, do you want to start us with uh, questions for Tony? Yeah, well, I, again, thanks very much for, for coming to, to tell us a bit about the foundation. Um, before we get into that, though, what do you make of the, the start of the season so far? And the, we've got the Champions League draw now. I, I think there is a. It, you know, it feels like there's something special happening that I've probably not felt for a, for a few years. Even just sitting, looking out uh, at the crowd against Aberdeen, you know, 57,000 people back at the, the stadium, there's a, an air of expectation and I think it's based on, uh, I think it's, you know, it's more than optimism for the Celtic support. I think we can feel that there's, that there's something special happening and uh, really exciting times. It's a different place, different way of doing things, different style of football. Uh, and it, it's hugely enjoyable at the moment. The excitement back, we talked about it the other day about just waking up Saturday, really looking forward to the game. Um, and it was a it was an entertaining game as well. So I the, the the buzz is certainly back around the place. It's good to to see. What about the draw? Are you happy with the? Uh, the I draw? was I was in I was lucky enough to be in Israel and I was talking to John Paul Taylor on the way home and we we're talking about the draws and he he reminded me that he got roped into uh, to representing the club at a draw because there was nobody else to go. It was like, in the, 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 I think it was in the middle of summer. Uh, and he came out the draw and uh, it was Martin's first year, I think. Uh, Martin O'Neill's first year and Sky News had said to him, uh, so what do you make of the draw? And John Paul says, I'm the ticket office manager. Where do you think Martin O'Neill's going to be if I start talking about it? <laughs> I start talking about who we've been drawn against but I think from a, a football point of view uh, it's great, we've got great relationships with Barcelona we've got uh, at the foundation level, Celtic FC Foundation and FC Barcelona Foundation have got a great relationship and we did some stuff in Dublin recently Manchester City are another Barcelona, for what I can gather if the first leg against our Bucharest away is anything to go by then that's going to be an interesting game and uh, I'm really excited about Borussia Mönchengladbach because I've never been there before and I really like German people. <laughs> we also played them in the pre-season um, friendly what, two years ago was it? Really entertaining game, they seem to play some real good football. I think they've lost a couple of their talented midfielders but still should be a... Yeah and I think, I think it's a fairly accessible one. It's, it's good for the Celtic supporters to go to places we've not necessarily been for a, a while or, or we've never been. Uh, it's, it's in West, comma, Germany yeah. uh, and uh, it's on the border with, with Holland so I think it, there's a few options for people to get there so that I, th I think that's really encouraging as well. Plain strange automobiles, we've Absolutely. been seeing all the, the different ways of people be getting there. Um, many of us will remember you from your, your days at Celtic Park as the announcer. The, the, the stadium when I started in 94-95 the season we were at Hamden Excuse me, I did uh, a lot of stuff for the the Celtic View, and I. Uh, it sounds like a real cliche, but I could only do that for so long, and uh, it, it was 
I stopped doing it in 2002. People still come to me and say, you're the half-time guy. <laughs> and I think, have you been in jail or have you been in a coma? Or what, what's going on? Because I've not been the half-time guy for... It's so nearly, I remember you, but it, when it, I first started <laughs> going, you were the... It's nearly 14 guy. years. It was the 6th of October, 2002. We drew three each with Rangers. Uh, Henrik Larson scored a magnificent goal. Sutton score? Uh, I can't remember. We went one behind. Uh, Arteta scored first. Fantastic game. Uh, and it ended up three each. That was the last time I was there. I might have covered for our Michael. My brother done it for 11 years after me, and he's three years gone now. And I think that uh, by the time uh, the you know when I had stopped that uh, in two thousand and two, within a couple of years, I was running the multimedia division, which was a real honour. So we had TV and publishing and uh, website, and it wasn't even similar to this room where there's like a mass of cables and you're in danger of tripping <laughs> or something. Uh, DVDs, we made a lot of good, really good DVD titles, uh, and that was a great time. And then it was time to go and do something else, and I got the opportunity. I was lucky enough to get the opportunity to take on the role in Celtic FC Foundation, and that's just three and a half years or so ago. And uh, it's been different, different environment, different types of behaviour. Uh, in many ways, much more rewarding in terms of in terms of the stuff that we're doing. Uh, uh, I, I can see the, the need for the commercial stuff that the club does and we take real pride in the products that we made and uh, then and the, 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 the you know the, the media division still make now in terms of content uh, the history in particular and the Celtic opus were two that, that really stand out uh, but this is this is different it's a different level and it, 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 it's, it's going back to you know who we are as a football club and um, um, it's a real honour for me to do the job it must be so much more rewarding the media was, was absolutely brilliant I remember the, the website getting redeveloped and the access that we were getting as fans to the players and the team it was, it was great to, to see there's been even since you've left, there have been leaps and bounds this season. We've got some great things with the Snapchat. With the, 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 U- the YouTube, the training videos on the YouTube, but yeah. I'd really enjoy them. I don't know, particularly like view, numbers for views and things, but that sort of stuff, as football fans, it's, it's interesting to see. I think there's a big part of the population who, uh, who want to see what the what the first team players are up to no necessarily in a football environment yeah. uh, so the Snapchat thing which I think you're probably too old for now if I'm honest with you <laughs> uh, I think that sort of stuff is uh, is phenomenal for you know for those younger Celtic supporters um, you talked about how rewarding it is we've had the Commonwealth Games and uh, the East End has seen quite a lot of redevelopment in recent years how have you seen the facility, facilities and opportunities improving for the people specifically of the, the East End? Is there any further improvements that you'd like to see yourself? I, I think that, that, that it's two different things, the, the facilities and the, and, and the people. Uh, we've made real strides in the East End. I'm from the East End. I'm from Shittleson, grew up in Greenfield. Uh, and I know that area really, really well. Uh, so things like the Athletes Village, the Commonwealth Games getting handed over uh, for social housing, the Emirates and if you'd have said to me, I've said this before five or six years ago name a hundred things that the East End of Glasgow needs, I would never have 
I didn't even know what a velodrome was to be honest with you but that's a phenomenal facility you know redoing uh, toll cross is, is great but it's about how you help those people who are living in these places help help themselves so in terms of Celtic FC Foundation the north and east of Glasgow which is our home uh, is also as you look across the city uh, and look across the country life is atypical not for everybody there but for a lot of people in, in that so you know I know you're going to want to talk about help but I'll explain that in a bit more detail but it's how you can uh, Improving the environment, absolutely, thumbs up for that. But it's about how you you can help th- those people who live in those areas, giving them the opportunities that they realise that they can do. Aye, and, and no patronising them, they are insulting their intelligence, you know. Uh, and it's no everybody in those areas, but there are a lot of people who who need help, and there are you know a lot of people in the east end of Glasgow, for example. And uh, with the greatest will in the world, there are still three generations of the f- same family living in the same household and facing the same, uh, you know, economic challenges. Maybe unemployment, and it's about changing that. And it's about making, without being grand, it's about making life better for people. That and that that's where our work starts. It's great that Celtic are a leader in the community in that way, big imposing building right in the, the heart of it. So it's good that they're actually helping out. I think we, you know, we used to be, I'm not sure that we still are, but at one point we were the biggest employer in the East End of Glasgow, so uh, uh, when we talk about Celtic FC Foundation, we talk about going back to uh, where we were and in terms of why the football club was formed, and Victorian Britain uh, looked really different than it does now, but for a lot of people, not a great deal's changed. Uh, and we don't talk about corporate social responsibility we're not in it to tick boxes we're in it to help people help themselves and, and help take people further away from poverty uh, so that so that's the end game how many, would you, how many people would you say that you've maybe directly helped since it's either began or I think it's difficult Keith because we're, we've there's probably thousands of people but if you look at specific events then uh, at Christmas time, for example, we're on the Christmas appeal. We asked people to put throw money in a bucket at Christmas time. The last game, uh, it's actually November this year, but normally the last game before Christmas, and that's the only time we ask people for money uh, on a match day. We try and sell them badges at the end of the season, but that's the only time. And I know you might think that we go to the game and there's always somebody with a bucket. It's no us. No, no. Uh, apart from Christmas but at that time there's 300 families uh, and then we work this year we added another year past we added in 100 pensioners uh, and that's people who have been identified by the housing associations who are on their own they don't have any family or they don't have any family visiting and we worked with I think 16 charities who look after people who lead chaotic lives so within that chaotic lives uh, description are people uh, who are homeless, there's a big big part of the population, Uh, those charities look after homeless, but there's also refugees and there's also women and children in refuge, so within Christmas alone it's probably a few thousand people have been affected positively by Celtic FC Foundation. Then you're thinking indirectly they'll grow bonds with the people that they're meeting there, they'll they'll get their own wee support structures going, so it's really just starting. Yeah, so that's probably the only thing that, that, that 
that we do that's no sustainable. I was at a, a European Clubs Association event, and I think it was 41 uh, clubs, and they're talking about sustainability. I, I, I struggle with the sustainability element around the Christmas appeal. Mm-hmm. Christmas appeal is about you and I uh, taking Christmas for granted, and that thousands of people in the city can't do that. So it's about how how do you how do you provide the type of Christmas for them that you and I would just assume is, is going to happen. The sustainability element around the work we do comes through employability and it comes through projects like Ability Counts which works with uh, children and young people and their siblings who have Down syndrome who are uh, on the, the autism uh, spectrum and who have complex and or who have complex physical disabilities yep. and we can you know, chart progress there, and that's a longer term, yeah. uh, you know, project that we're involved with. Uh, so, th- th- you know, those are there are probably thousands of people in Glasgow alone. It's great, it's a, it's a start. Um, you were talking about help. The, what does that acronym actually stand for? Uh, it's a wee bit twee, isn't it? Uh, no, it's, it's good. It's a wee bit twee, oh, isn't it? It's, it does what it says. It's, it's, it's easy the, to remember. The four areas are, are health, equality, learning and poverty, and I'll explain them. Uh, health, because if you take health, equality and, and education, which we call learning, if we called it education, it would be heat rather than yeah. help. Uh, the, what we're trying to do is help people get further away from poverty. So we work, uh, we deliver a lot of projects around employability and one of, or some of those are related to people who have had a long-term health barrier to employment. And it may be that they have suffered from chronic a chronic illness, something that's lasted six months or longer. Mm-hmm. So helping people improve the, their health uh, has a whole range of benefits, em- employment being one of them. We talk about equality because that's who we are in society we're a club open to all and we've yep. never discriminated and that's why we've got you know podcasts like this and such an interest in the football club beyond the football people take a social interest in the football club learning because we want to create opportunities where there, where there are none at the moment uh, so uh, we do a lot of mentoring stuff we do a lot of uh, scholarship stuff and we create opportunities around music and digital and that's funded privately mainly mainly money from London I wouldn't ask the Celtic supporters necessarily to put their hand in their pocket for that but we can add real value yeah. into schools uh, across the city you know, predominantly in the north and east of Glasgow uh, and create opportunities like that so education is hugely important and it's no and you'll know this better than me it's not just about uh, education we have you to uh, further education or an academic career because a lot of the kids that we come into contact are the it's more uh, life skills uh, absolutely are the academic uh, and it's about putting them in front of people like you know Glasgow people who are uh, who have maybe who are now and I don't necessarily like the phrase but captains of industry so yeah. they've came for Castle Milk and now they're the chief executive of a multinational organisation uh, so people like that telling their stories quite Something inspiring and and the P sorry is poverty yeah. so that that's really what we're interested in you know tackling poverty fantastic um, what about the some of the events that you've got planned 
this year it was something we were looking at the, the website, which is absolutely brilliant. There's quite it seems to be quite a lot coming up this. Yeah, there's so many I've written them down That's actually. Uh, there's a couple of supporters events, first of all. Uh, there is uh, an event which some supporters are raising money for us and two other charities and they're cycling uh, from Celtic Park uh, to Estadio Nacional in, in Lisbon to get there on the 25th of May or the 24th of May I think they get there excuse me as you know next year's the 50th anniversary yep. there is uh, some supporters uh, one of the guys who sits on the Celtic FC Foundation supporters committee uh, and who lost a, a friend last year is walking from Merthyr Tidville I don't I don't even know I know it's in Wales right yeah. but it's absolutely miles away it's 350 miles away walking from Merthyr Tidville on the 8th of October to Celtic Park. Is there any significance in the middle? So the guy who died uh, was from there yeah. uh, and he got married. He died of Crohn's and colitis uh, in October last year and he got married the day before. So there's a group of people that are raising money for Crohn's and colitis UK and Celtic FC Foundation. So. Uh, Jonathan's widow and Ian McGovern who's from the Tyneside group are, are involved in that we've got a whole series of events around the Christmas appeal so we, we, before we come on we were talking about the, the sleep out which I, I did last year uh, we've got Girls for Good which is was a ladies lunch for the last two years it's, a, a, it's a, 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 an evening event now yep uh, we've got the bucket collection which is the 26th of November uh, we're looking at doing an ab sale at Celtic Park so we did one just before I joined from the south stand we're going through some risk assessment stuff to do one from the north stand any fancy that I got stuck up my dad's loft one day for three years because it was like <laughs> when I hung down I was like a foot off the ground right so I'm not I'm not doing that but <laughs> But that'd be a good event. Yeah, we've done that the last two years. We might bring back the Ben Nevis event this year. We've not done that for a year. Uh, the Sporting Dinner's coming up, uh, which is March the second, two thousand and seventeen. That's to support our inspiring sport work, which is the complex physical disabilities. And we've got a trip with Mary's Meals to Malawi in June and I'll have a big charity game this year as well which is probably going to be the international break in, in March Fantastic um, The charity game, would that be similar to like Petrov's game? So we might do Legends uh, depending on how we go on we might do a it's an international break so we're going to lose a lot of yeah. uh, players but we might do Legends or we might do some sort of in-between first team uh, development squad Legends. Uh, the Celtic support always turn out big numbers. Aye, we can never take it for granted, but you know, so you, you still need to uh, add, uh, you still need to offer entertainment yes. and, and value for money. Looking forward to it. Um, what about the, quite a few listeners, how would they be able to, to, to join in? People on Twitter as well, how can they get involved? I think uh, there's a few ways. So, in terms of, if you're talking about volunteers uh, we ha we need people for the Christmas appeal for example yep. we need people to sell badges so we need people to Daft hats and uh, all. absolutely help you know uh, 
I know you've done the the, the those for the last couple of years with one of my kids. Uh, so we need people to do that, and we need people to like steward events and various other sponsor type stuff. And we're also putting a database together of people who can who can do stuff for us. Mm-hmm. It might be professional services. Uh, effectively, we use we're based at Celtic Park. It's the club's charity. A lot of the 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 parts are running a business we need, but we get them for the football club. So we'll use PR, for example. We'll use the club's media. We'll use HR, and there's a few other things that we might need some help with. So we're putting together a database of so-called professional services. And if you want to get in touch, you can get in touch with me uh, on Twitter. Uh, you can get in touch with the foundation on Twitter, which is at Foundation CFC. It's facebook.com forward slash Celtic FC Foundation and the website is CelticFCFoundation.com. Fantastic. Just a wee aside about the, the foundation, what about your, your own personal highlights? You've been doing it for what, three years now? What stands out most for, for you and how you've helped the, the, the people? I think the Christmas appeal uh, is the one that, that uh, touches me the most, I suppose. Uh, looking beyond that changing somebody's life or helping somebody change their life and I'm not involved in the delivery uh, of this through the employability stuff and I know it's no the sort of headlines that you know it doesn't make the headlines as you know maybe an illness or, or something like that does but that that's hugely important to me, and on a personal level, been involved in the the Celtic Park Haiti last September. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got involved in a a, a, a charity uh, uh, from North America, a, a church charity, and uh, we got effectively naming rights on an employability project in uh, a place called Salino in Port-au-Prince in Haiti. And I was there for a couple of days, and I need to go back. Uh, just. Uh, incredible people, yeah. uh, and you know, of course they were devastated. Uh, unimaginable. The the economy was probably on its knees, and then there was a massive earthquake. Uh, I think it was January two thousand and ten, and it's never really recovered. And without the this church's charity uh, being there, these people uh, and they don't have much; would have absolutely nothing. So we've run this employability project there. We've got a uh, a, a stadium where there can be recreation and, and exercise uh, and uh, that was a real inspiring trip for me actually. Brilliant, absolutely fantastic Can can I just ask you going back to something you said earlier on about the, the links with Barcelona is, there, is is that a kind of theme, is there a lot of links with the foundation and, and charitable arms of other clubs any, any clubs of note that are, are big supporters when I looked at uh, what happened was that the club had a charity fund uh, that Fergus set up in 1995 and started working on it in 1996 and effectively it gave it raised money and gave it to other charities so if you had a charity and you needed money and we had money it would give you it but we had no control over where the money was getting spent or mm-hmm. what the outcomes were and then the club like most clubs had a foundation department which did a bit of diversionary stuff and a bit with you know various parts of the community so when we put them together uh, three years ago now actually October 2013 we tried to look for an exemplar of a really good model uh, 
that would help people and so I went through a lot of the English clubs I did a couple of European ones and I went to Barcelona uh, who we had at a club level always had good relationships with anyway mm-hmm. and that that was the that was the sort of best example I could find but you know we're trying to do some stuff uh, an educational project uh, an integration educational project mainly around uh, refugees and we're looking we're speaking to uh, a club in uh, in Holland uh, and a club in Hamburg right. and it's no Hamburg right right if that kind of narrows us out <laughs> yeah. a bit for you yep so but it's important that you know I attend a lot of these events where you, you go and try and learn something what yeah. is it other people are doing of course and and what what about the kind of I mean obviously coming on to uh, podcasts and, and things like this and it's a lot of kind of well documented stuff that you guys are doing and events and things we've seen the the logo on the tops um, and European games and things is that something that we could see more of going forward in terms of a a, a bigger visual presence at, at the club I think we're always interested in, in raising our profile uh, it, it's in you know hugely important to the club as well if you were to ask the boss about you know how he sees the football club he would talk about three strands of our DNA so he talks about football which is the reason that we're here he talks about the commercial expertise which underpins it because we're not uh, uh, you know we don't have the TV revenue that the English clubs do for example and we don't have that level you know we can't go and compete in that market and buy those kind of players so we need to have an edge competitively and commercially and the, the other strand of the DNA is, is charity, which we call Celtic FC Foundation. So it's hugely important for us. It's massive that we've got our logo on the jerseys, and that's yeah. in uh, credit to, to Magners and Tenants uh, last year and Alphabet uh, here now. And they could say, we, you know, if we get into a territory like we were in Israel where we can't have a, a, an alcohol brand or we can't have uh, a gaming brand, you know, both of them could have selected another charity. The the you know the Daffabet yeah. people have got their own foundation, uh, and um, Magners have got non-alcoholic brands. They could have put an Irish water brand on it, yeah. for example. But they buy into what we're doing, so we had the logo on the front and the back mm-hmm. uh, against Bersheva. So. Uh, you know, I don't think we'll see it, and I wouldn't want to push for it to be. People are saying to me on Twitter, "Can we buy that talk?" Yeah. yeah. I think the answer is no because Daffabet and Magnus give us a lot of money, yeah. uh, and it's that it's their gift to yeah. us, and I'll never ever take it for granted. But as long as it lasts in, in European football, then it's, it's a good day for us, you know. Yeah, especially in gold. I really like it in gold. Oh, yeah. we're lovely. We're Paul Gallagher as well. He's um, joined up with the, the foundation. We're going to have the is it the foundation logo on his his golf bag. I saw that. Uh, Stephen, Gallagher. Stephen Gallagher. Stephen Gallagher. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it was quite funny actually because we were doing a golf day. I'd never never played golf in my life. Yeah. So we're at uh, <laughs> Partick Thistle and this guy comes up to me who I'd never seen before and said are you running the golf day and I said well I'm not running it directly but do you want to play and he said no I said I'm a golf pro so I'd heard that golf clubs have got golf pros 
Sandy Hills <laughs> Golf Club's got right. a golf pro. Yeah, yeah. So I said, which club are you a pro at? And he, he said, I'm actually on the European tour. <laughs> uh, so anyway, cut a long story short, he gave us loads of stuff for the, the golf day and he's been a massive help for us. So for him to go and play in all these competitions that are live on the telly and have Celtic FC Foundation logo on his bags, fantastic. It's brilliant. That's do hoop spotting all the time, but it's great to see even these wee bits on it as well. Um, just getting away from the, the, the foundation a wee bit. We're coming up to deadline day. Um, you talked a wee bit about Schweinsteiger, but we can't even mention no, anything no, about no, that. Don't. So, um, what, what about yourself? What's been your favourite deadline day signing? What's got you most excited? The one that sticks in my mind most is probably Robbie Keane, because there was such drama around it. And I remember uh, we got a PA and we put a PA outside the front door and we had a big crowd and I went out and interviewed him. I was there. Uh, and it was like, you know, riding the crest of a wave, everybody was like, Robbie Keane, and we're going to, you know, the next four months, that was the 1st of February, because uh, it had ran over. And then the 2nd of February, we went to uh, Kilmarnock, and it was just a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of another word for disaster there, but it was just an absolute disaster. What's the atmosphere like in, the, in, in Celtic Park, and kind of big occasions like that deadline day you know someone's coming in it must be is it exciting inside I think is that, is it, 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 people are excited but people are professional as well yeah, we yeah. you know we if people might come into the the and we don't have a high turnover of staff we tend to uh, have people that develop and and go through and take on various roles but we you know people might come in excited the celtic supporters or they might not their skill might be that they're they're good technically or whatever and they've no interest in football but yeah. we tend not to have people who are starstruck and if they're starstruck <laughs> we tend to knock it out of them pretty quickly <laughs> so that there's no that level yeah. of hysteria that, uh, of course but it is exciting and when Schweinsteiger comes in it'll be brilliant <laughs> how are the players actually with the foundation do they get involved themselves quite often I think uh, we've got a new We've not got a whole new team, but we've got some new players who need to hear the story again, so yeah. that's the intention. Uh, I've met the manager a few times, uh, and the plan is to sit with the squad again and just to reiterate what we're doing, who we are as a football club, where we've came from. It's not something uh, that we've thought of in the last five minutes. It's Aye. hugely important to us. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we do a lot of delivery in London. We bring in a lot of money uh, from London, but we do a lot of delivery in Tower Hamlets. Uh, we employ a guy who works there and we've used some delivery partners there as well and uh, it's never hard getting the players to go to London for a couple of days <laughs> funnily <laughs> enough yeah. she's getting them back up then exactly uh, what's been your impressions of Brendan Rodgers as a, as a gentleman himself uh, what's he like it, it takes me back to Martin O'Neill a wee bit just in terms of he is the manager and I don't think you could probably have said that was the case with Gordon Strachan uh, uh, he it, it seems different now it's been different every time I've worked with a lot of managers I was lucky enough to you know to work with Tommy Burns God rest him and uh, I worked with him and Joe Vengloss and uh, but there's all and they've all been really good coaches Lenny was a great coach uh, but there's only a couple of them seem to be the manager Tommy would be one of them uh, Martin 
absolutely the manager and Brendan seems to be the manager and it just feels different at the moment mm-hmm. but different in a, a really a really good way I seem to have that aura that the, the club seems to be getting behind he's getting a bit of momentum going as well it's good to see what, what about Champions League have you any games for yourself stand out you've luckily enough to be near enough touch side for quite a few of them so I think the uh, when the supporters organised the uh, one two five. Uh, that was a special twenty four hours. Actually, we had it was the hundred and twenty fifth anniversary of the club on the sixth uh, of November. We had a service at St Mary's. The Barcelona directors were there actually, and we worked with Celtic Graves, and we had like fifteen hundred people. I think the church had been as busy actually since <laughs> probably since Tommy's funeral, sadly. But uh, uh, and then to go and. Uh, one and one in that style to win and see hit and see Lionel Messi score as well was just brilliant. Uh, luckily, it was right at the end, so you were only two feet for them getting the, uh, the draw. But we've had some fantastic nights, you know. We've Aye. had some real honking nights away. Luckily, uh, most of them have been away though. Uh, had some really really good nights, and I think no UEFA Champions League, but the UEFA Cup as it was at the time. The the Seville run was was really really special as well. Aye, absolutely brilliant. The the one two five game, I was just in a wave of hysteria coming out, and uh, I was waiting for Christmas for the 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 one two five top, the the white one with the the big crest. Right. But my dad decided just to take me in, buy it there and there. It just that was it. Total pride in the team. It was fantastic. I remember going to the the pub after the game. And I've never known an atmosphere in, in the pub like it. I, I, you know, obviously it took us a while to get home, yeah. get there, and everybody was singing and dancing. It was, uh, it was such a special night. It was brilliant. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Any questions yourself for us? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> who else have you got? Who, who else comes on this? Um, we're and actually, do, do you always supply cakes? Only for the special ones. Um, we're hoping to get some more... We might need your help with this. Hoping to get some more people on, especially in the the run up to to next year, the fiftieth anniversary of Lisbon. But well, we're working on that. And, and just out of curiosity, do, is this typical of a lot of clubs, or is it do a lot of clubs do this? I know we've got a few podcasts, but you know, the was there are there a lot of clubs in Scotland that would do this, for example? I I think you'd be more likely to get a overall Scottish football podcast as opposed to for each individual club there are a few and same with down even down south I think Celtic are quite special they're just the number of podcasts yeah. so obviously we're part of Hale Media and um, we've got half a dozen podcasts there and then there's a lot of our podcasts out with um, even Hale Hale Media so for Celtic there's quite a, a large social media presence and podcast presence yeah there's quite a bit quite a big community that I, I'm not, I'm not I don't know any other kind of anything of that size for anybody else. You'd always get ones for you know the big clubs. The Newcastle, Liverpool ones, they're yeah. quite uh, high profile ones, but no, not that we're, we're aware of. Yep. Um, there seems to be a podcast for every day of the week, and you're way to driving to work and back, so keeps us going. But thanks for having me. I'm oh. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm always. Uh, keen for an opportunity to speak about Celtic FC Foundation and uh, um, I'm really grateful that you've asked me to be here We're delighted you came in, hopefully yeah, maybe to. towards the end of the, the, the season you could come in and give us a wee update and if there's any more drives that I you're going could bring Bastian with me, couldn't I? That would be wonderful 
Baza, as I call <laughs> Magic, thank you very much, Tony. was a game that Celtic played. <laughs> <laughs> Kian, what, were, what were your thoughts on the Aberdeen game? I thought first half an hour, it was it was fantastic in the way that we just totally controlled, that we were totally dominating the game. We weren't creating enough, um, but we had a couple of chances. We got the goal. We seemed really comfortable. And then there was we had this mistake. Um, when I say mistake, it was people just weren't paying attention. Um Aberdeen get back into the game and then I keep seeing it quite often now I've noticed over the last few games when we concede there's a mentality thing kind of comes over the team they just kind of begin to panic and then simple passes become mistrade passes and it's like why do they keep doing that to themselves they should, okay the team of the, the opposition have scored but let's just continue doing what we're doing um, I wouldn't say well you can't really say 4 one flatters because I mean, and, and towards the end of the second half, we just, once we get another goal and the momentum, we were just, Aberdeen just had nothing for us. Um, I don't think Aberdeen were that great throughout the whole game. I didn't know, they didn't really offer too much. I mean, they got that goal, but I mean, other than that, I can't think of any other decent chances they had. At the very start, they had they'd won, the guy just skipped past uh, Svitichenko and just ballooned his shot. Um, really should have got something in target. Um the first half hour of football was great. It was like what Dyla had promised us. We the sharp passing. We were playing the balls into midfield and man sitting beside me, Louis must have been absolutely delighted because Tam Rogic had some game. He was phenomenal. Did yeah. you see the game, Louis? No. <laughs> no, but I knew that was gonna happen. It doesn't come as a surprise to me, Um but and also the thing as well is we actually had to force them to change. They started by back three. And because Rogic was getting so much to the ball, McKinnis noticed that and then had to take one of the centre halves and put them in beside and at one point they were almost doubling up it was like that uh, I think the boy was called the corner and Shinny were almost at times tag teaming he Modric. did play out the game for a wee bit second half he came much Once he did more that. back into it um, but we're talking earlier on about waking up in the morning of the game excited for the for the, to go to Parkhead the game was absolutely brilliant just the buzz walking up um, the Celtic way Massive crowd, A great crowd from Aberdeen as well. They they brought down a big travel support, and it was just it was it was fantastic to see Celtic Park like that again. The standing section really coming into its own, um, the noise that they generate is just that's fantastic. Really really enjoying football again. Some phenomenal goals. Um, what's your pick, Keith? Who? Do you? <laughs> um, do you know I've, I've given them. Pelters and I don't know what it was. It was last season. I, I felt that he could have, despite the forty thousand goals, he, he could have done more for the team. Um, but 
he was fantastic. Lee Griffiths was fantastic the other day. And it was we talk about special moments with Celtic for the thirteenth minute they yeah. score a goal of that quality. I don't know if we, we quite nutmegged the Nutmeg the Aberdeen or played it round up it, then to hit that strike that hit pretty much both posts, it was phenomenal. Then to run the length of the park, I'd have been screaming at him to conserve his energy. Um, but to go up and get that T-shirt for the wee boy that did passed away the, the night before or a couple of nights before, um, that was pretty special. That was absolutely magic. Yeah. It was, it was, it was some goal. I mean, watching watching it back and watching the highlights. I mean, that is a real peach of a and. Griffiths, as we spoke about last week, he's just getting better and better. He 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 looks like a guy who's just on the top of his game right now, and he is only what twenty six. He just turned twenty six. Um, he's younger than me, and he's and a twelve. He's achieved so much, um, but no, it was great to to see his you know our biggest title rivals coming to Parkhead and. By the sounds of it, certainly by the score line, we look as if we did kind of blow them away to a certain extent. Um, maybe not the full game, and that's something we'll get better at. But certainly in patches, it sounds like um, we've done very well. The other thing I would say, though, I didn't really hear anybody even thinking about a European hangover. Well, you've seen uh, some stats. Mister Wolf's working on a little infograph around. Uh around Celtic and Celtic, uh, European hangovers. The myth. Yes. Um, they don't exist for Celtic. Uh, I, 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 I'm not surprised by that news. Yeah. I'm not. Um, so keep your eye out in 90 minutes on Twitter for that over the coming days. And uh, also as well, it was obviously a change of goalkeeper. Gordon got dropped. The freeze came in. Yes. And straight away with that, you could start to see what they want to play going forward every time the freeze had the ball whether it be goal kick maybe the ball two centre halves I mean it was like almost Barcelona style they were almost behind the goalkeeper and then obviously that's drawn in the centre midfielders however obviously it's, it's probably the first thing they've been trying to do it just didn't look it wasn't working very well because the, the, the centre midfielders would be dropping it to get the ball but there was no outbound so the, the kind of the wingers and the attacking players weren't making enough movement and enough enough space for them so a lot of time we were kind of they were kind of getting the ball and we were kind of not losing it but they were then having to come back to the goalkeeper so it wasn't quite working away. I, I know obviously it's the first thing they probably started to do it and maybe obviously as game time goes and more practicing it will actually it will work out but you could see them they were, they were forcing it a lot so they were the centre half splitting we've been doing that a few times but but not so deep. I mean, they were, they were right up past the, the kind of penalty box, almost side by side with the goalkeeper. So do you think there's a, a Mooch and Gladback podcast where they're saying, we've got Barcelona, um, Peps at Man City, and Celtic have got the very thin, so it's like three Barcelonas we're playing? It would appear so, yeah. yeah. Um, it's going to be a quite boring game, doesn't it, when they're all just playing the exact same thing, <laughs> the exact same way? I mean, it's not exactly exciting at all. How do you think the new boy did in goals? There's been a bit of, again... Different, a few differing opinions. There was yeah. one where he made a misplaced to pass, and I think Tori had a go at him. But oh, he's his first game. He's he started adjusting to the team and everything like that. So you can allow at least a goal never came from it. He didn't make me miss Gordon. His distribution wasn't the the best, 
but like you say, hopefully that's just his first game. A wee bit nerves. Who, who goes in for the next game? That's going to be a big decision, though. I mean, you you're, you're chopping and changing at a bad fast time. Fast Aye, go Real for it. Fast <laughs> go for it. Put him in. He's Italian. He'll be fine. Hey. <laughs> He'll be absolutely racist. Yeah. Um, wow. Uh, the goal uh, that Aberdeen scored again, as you said, there was a little period, a little blip. Um, do we think that Celtic could have handled that better? I think if people were paying attention, I, I haven't seen that I, I, uh, back again, but I can see that Tourie's obviously stretched to stop the ball. Can I, the ball's obviously coming across the penalty box, and I think Scott Brown just stares. Well, that's angry. Yeah, I'd go at him and say, because for the way he was yeah. gesturing, it was like, you need to come over and get the ball. Yeah. But I Scott Brown just stared. <laughs> As if to say, Turi's going to stop and it, get back up and clear it. Turi All had, in one movement. Turi had a go because Turi, the, the clearance could have been stronger, but as you say, it's the way he's stretching. I don't think Turi could do anything yeah, more with Brown and Lustig were just watching. Brown, Lustig, and Beton was there as well. All three of them. Lustig, to be fair, is moving. You know, he's at least trying to get to it. Yeah. Um, Brown and Beton just aren't doing anything, and it's clear that Turi can't do anything. Um, so I. The other thing is Forrest's, I'm pretty sure it's Forrest's, the ball that he plays for Aberdeen to dispossess to get possession was a, a little bit shaky as well, but these things happen. The other things we have seen throughout the game with Toure is just his passion. See when, something's, see when somebody, in a way, not so much makes a mistake, but gets beat, he just goes off his... There was one point in the second half, I think one of the balls kind of went in, um, and I don't know who made the mistake, but my God, he ran after somebody and he was in their face and he was tearing apart them. In fact, at one point it was, it was a, a few of the players at a time, but it's just he just gets so much passion. He, he is a proper leader. Right. So he is. I think that's something that we've missed. Um, when GMS and Armstrong joined, they talked about the step up from Dundee United to Celtic. I think standards, I wouldn't say slipped, I mean, slacking in recent years, but the type of players that Toure's been playing with and even Sinclair the standards have got to be up way way higher than what we've got at Celtic just now and that's great that, that he's getting onto these players showing that they, they can't make these wee silly mm. mistakes anymore he's been fantastic in defence a great buy so far and um, Rogic's free kick it was uh, <laughs> it was a little special wasn't it have seen it I managed to get it oh, in video oh Oh, terrific. Even the celebration was as good. It was just like, <laughs> I'm the boss now. See, see I mean, he had that just oh, sheer air the boss, arrogance. Man, and it was just, yes, the boss. Yes. Big tap. And that's after Griffith school the other week as well. It was, it's when been he, a while since Celtic have been scoring free kicks. Like, see when he, he, he opened up and rattled the bar in the, in the, yeah, in the first half. Yeah. Beautiful. And then it, that's he, almost better than the goalie. Almost smashing the bar. It's almost aye. Everybody wants to smash the bar. The other thing is, he actually kind of won the won the free kick that he took and scored Some because skill. it was it was his feet, his quick feet that just absolutely done the boy. I thought all game, um, all game, his footwork was just there was and we, we fixing not even we fixing tricks, just we drag backs. And there was one point where he was in the sideline. I don't know what he did, but he got away for two players with the ball, and it was just oh. I wasn't just sheer amazing. It, it is great to see him. It, it, it definitely he was looking good, and then it seems to be that uh, since he's played after signing that new deal, he looks as if he is playing with a bit more freedom, a wee bit more confidence. And Joe, it's even more important. 
he's now playing 90 minutes. I think that was his third That's 90 minutes, say. almost in a row. We are now getting an actual player. Yeah. And not not two-thirds of a player. Ah, exactly. Not as two-thirds of a game. I mean... Are you oh, going to take that handshake back, Fisa Mani? Oh, man. I mean, him and, him and Paddy Roberts are really tying each other for being kind of quality player of the club. Rogic has got a better strike than Bitton just now, with these shots. Oh, Did you see, that, see the strike that Bitton had? Curl? Aye, he can't You watch him every day, and once they do their warm up, he's always sitting there having these kind of, what do you call it, these zingers, zinger strikes and all that. That was a perfect one for him. And he couldn't do it. So it just shows you the amount of time you're practicing when it comes to it. How many absolute screamers had he? He has scored quite a few screamers beat on. I mean, the good thing is you have got a number of players there who have that ability. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's never, it's not, you you can't guarantee it every game, but you know that if beat on or Rogic, for example, from the middle of the park, (laughs) definitely no Brown, if they have the space in front of goal and it's opened up, you know that they can hit it. Yeah, but they shouldn't. They should pass it until they get to the danger zone and then take a shot. Yes. We don't want shots from yes. outside danger the box. Zone. We need the danger Which zone. Which he did to set up um, Forrest with his second, third outside of the, the foot goal as well. Um, a lovely reverse ball from Brogic to, to be Forrest again. So who, who was it in the middle of the park? It was... Logic, Brown, Bitton and Brown, 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 Bitton and, and Rogic. I, th- I, I think that's... Unless... You know, it'll be interesting to see if we bring in another central midfielder, what one drops out, out of the three, you know. It'd be... Kieran just shouted Brown as he walked out the door there. Um, Hopefully that's not. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag shat it. Apologies. Um, Louis... uh, do you want to see if we've got any questions on Twitter that we'd like to ask as we're kind of drawn to a close time-wise? I don't want to take us on too long. Yes, we do have questions. Um, right, let me get the questions. Um, Ronan Kearney, Kearney um, he asks, uh, my question is, when was the last time it felt this good to be a Celtic fan? I think we can all say it's been a while. Yeah, is it, well, I was going to say Martin O'Neill, but then I suppose we've had the last 16 Champions League football mm. as well. It's, but it is, it's At least tracking, going aye. back to those days, but the real excitement was back Martin O'Neill. It is, it is it that is. feeling of, uh-huh. when we when we got Martin O'Neill, it was just, wow, we've actually got a top-class manager, and it, you genuinely believe we could do something, and again, it's that feeling again, even with all respect to Strachan, who I think was a fantastic manager, you weren't as maybe excited to get Gordon Strachan in, possibly because, um, you know, we were not long off um, having that great period with him. Yeah. About uh, this question's for you, uh, yeah. because I decide. Um, Kieran at CJ Bradley 86. He says, two clean sheets from the first 10 games, uh, Imps and Motherwell at home. That'll be the door shut. Um, Cause for concern, question mark, or confident we can keep outscoring teams? You always want a clean sheet, but I think we knew uh, when Rodgers came in, it was going to be a case of we are going to score more goals than the other team. Um, There are little slips uh, that happen, like the Aberdeen game, so I don't even think that was tactically, I think that's just little moments um, that have happened, and they, they do happen in games, but as the players get more used to 
Brendan, if he does bring in one or two players who are good enough to get in the first team, we'll start to see more clean sheets, I think, as well. But I don't think we're going to have... I think we're going to lose goals this season. We're just going to score a lot more than the opposition. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it kind of... It worries me slightly, but we want to be a wee bit better defensively, obviously, which was a big criticism of, of last year, but... Yeah, it's, it's and it, it will be telling when we're in Europe because yeah. we're gonna have to defend and defend well against teams that can obviously spend more than one player than we can in our entire squad. So, um, another uh, question for Bowie. Before that, I've just seen some breaking news: the Willy Wonka's just died. Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder. <laughs> oh no, that's Gene Wilder. I'm leading up to the fact that Willy Wonka's died. That's what. Great news. Breaking news. Not right. breaking news. Sorry, Jesus. I thought Jeez, it was, what? It was horrible. Hi. <laughs> um, Absolute legend. Yeah. I, I was just going to say back to the football, but not with this question. Bowed again. Um, what conditioner, conditioner do you recommend for split ends? <laughs> <laughs> I'm an Aveda man myself. Um, it's all natural and it's... Uh, uh, I'm also being told Pantene Pro V intensive repairs. <laughs> wow. Heavy, uh, heavy intensive repair yeah. for you. <laughs> 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 Miracle grow. Barbara have knee held in ginger hair. But that's oh, oh, oh. Two on one here tonight, so it is. I'll get Maric out of yeah. <laughs> Or boulders. Uh, and that that was from Syra. Syra. This uh, is Syra. Uh, this is Syra. Um, more questions. Keelan, you ready for a question? Fire away. Go off Sky News on your phone. Um, if we don't get McCarthy, who would you like to see us get for the centre of midfield? So this can actually be opened up uh, to everybody. This is from Ball Boys at uh, Ball Boys Pod. If it's not going to be McCarthy, who would you like in? Scott Brown. Whoa. Two Scott Browns? I don't know. Top of my head. I can't really think anything on top of my head. Somebody else will get the one where I think. I can't think of a player, but a defensive midfielder. Somebody that can possibly break up play or somebody that can spread the passing around a wee bit quicker. I think that's more the position that we're needing to, to go for. McCarthy sounds like ideal type of playing for that position. I never thought McCarthy was that kind of defensive type. Whenever he played, would he not play alongside Barry? And Barry was more the kind of defensive. I thought McCarthy was more of the kind of box to box, almost like a kind of Joe Ledley at times. He wasn't, I don't ever seen him as a whole midfielder. I thought the two of them were like the holding net that allowed the... Yeah. The so it's always so similar with Brown and Bitton beside each other, so it would be like Only one good. of them plus McCarthy. <laughs> but, ten times better. Um, I can't... I can't can't think of anything off the top of my head that we could get would be available. Um, well, we can maybe come back to it if, if anybody uh, thinks of anyone. Um, at Stephen Hughes asks, uh, give this one to you, Keith, nice easy one for you. Um, if we do sign a new central midfielder, as we kind of hinted at earlier, who does who is replaced? Um, Scott Brown, Neil Beaton, or, or Tom Rogic in the first eleven? What one goes? Or does it depend on the type? It depends on the game as well. I think... I think he, he's, Roger sees a place for uh, Brown in this side as his team captain, as club captain. He still has an important role to deliver his notes to the team uh, throughout the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, 
you would think Bitton might be the one to either leave the club, they'd probably end up breaking even again during the, this transfer window, or someone that can alternate between the two. Because Bitton tends to, that common influence in Europe tends to do quite well for us. Um, but we're looking for a wee bit, wee bit more. I think, that, I think the funny thing is, and maybe I'm being a bit harsh and... and a lot of it is media driven, but I think when when Celtic are playing poorly and, and things are things are not good, um, Beaton is always the one that's linked with a move. He's always the one that seems to be fielding questions on his future and being kind of non-committal. And yet now he's that we're in the Champions League, he seems to be the one that's like, oh, I love it. I'm so happy here. It's great. It's like. I don't know. I don't know. It's. I, I dare say we would get a bit of money, but I think it would be Johansson money. I don't think it would be no, Wanyama money. No, you know what well, I mean? no, don't have that kind of no. value. I think as well, I don't know if I read far too much into it, but when he came off on Saturday, Rodgers didn't, didn't kind of um, shake his hand or anything. When Griffiths came off, he did his arm around him, but I suppose obviously Griffiths was kind of coming off the oh I don't like him off because well, Griffiths just it wo- <laughs> was in a half but it was a bit it was in a half more the fact of he just always wants to he just loves his football we've, we've talked about it you just see he just always wants to be in the ball and he always wants to be involved so when he's coming off like 30 minutes to go he's kind of like well I still want to play so I think he just put his arm around him saying look you've done well you've had quite a quite a tough run you've had a lot of game time so we now get Dembele who can score goals so it was kind of we arm around the shoulder we chat but we we bit on bit on just walk right past behind Rodgers and I, I think that our person that came off as well still got a kind of appreciation for us I don't know if because Bitton's performance was a bit up and down Saturday he was he was it wasn't as good he was making mistakes and he was losing the balls I don't know if Rodgers had caught that and wasn't happy with his performance I think at that point as well was it not still 2-1 and we didn't have a huge amount of time to go so Rogers was maybe more focused on right. Yeah. What he was he was shouting out instructions at the time, so I suppose you can always. But but then he never went to him afterwards or anything. So Bitton just kind of went to his seat. Oh, maybe I read it and try reading it. About the Rogers apologist. We we got a, a tweet in from Lyle Davidson um, at Lyle Davidson FG. Um, does Gamboa replace Lustig at right back or is he bought, uh, brought in as a backup after Yanko's display I think we kind of we kind of covered that earlier um, uh, how many Matt J uh, at Matt J design uh, bowed how many Effie Ambrose does it take to change a light bulb I don't know Matt J how many Effie Ambrose does it take to change a light bulb <laughs> Matt, get in touch. Um, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was. I thought there was a double there. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, oh, we might have an answer. Oft, do you want to take it away? Yeah, take okay. it away. Um, when Tony was in earlier in the pre-recorded message that you're going to hear in the future, <laughs> well, probably already Butterf- heard it. Butterfly effect is happening here. Um, we forgot we didn't ask him many questions uh, from the punters here. Um, there was one came in from Big Steph. Um, 1981 at Big Steph 1981 please ask Tony who was his favourite player who played in Serie A in the 90s like I said we didn't quite ask him that but he's, he's actually uh, tweeted himself to say that he loved Toto Scalacci oh, from Italia 90 lovely choice Tony uh, apart from did that did you write that tweet for him while <laughs> <laughs> his phone was on the table it's the only answer really isn't it um, apart from that he can't really remember the 90s um, but we never asked him that there we go Shame on us. We just did. Anyway, Louis, unless you've got something that really, really needs to 
Uh, can we slag the fawns a wee bit more? We've not mentioned fawns and slagged them. No, we can't. Quick thoughts? No. That fawns chat, so... I don't oh. even know what about. Um, <laughs> that's a good point. Jeez, how I'm young so young. Are you? I'm so young, man. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. That's the that but you're older t- you're than Lee Griffiths. Yes. You're asking about what tunes we'll use, though. If it hasn't already played, we'll have the Happy Days theme tune on. How about that? Sorted. Um, yes, we're going to have to wrap up. We're already a little bit over. Um, you'd mentioned Matt J there. You can follow him on Twitter. Can you grab his Twitter? He's At Matt J Design, I believe. Beautiful. Does he's done quite a few Celtic uh, Celtic designs with different players? We retweeted the the Roberts ones, um, yep, so brilliant. check him out. Give him a wee follow. Um, we've already mentioned Tony on Twitter at Polish uh, Turnstiles. Um, I've been joined tonight by Kieran Harren. Thank you very much. Well, it was a pleasure, never a chore. Was that sarcasm? <laughs> uh, Lou McCaffrey Thanks for the two cups of tea And the delightful cakes That's Brought by your good self Keith Fantastic Keith That's a cracking cake slash biscuit selection uh, And an interesting Tupperware dish Keith thank you very much for your time Thank you Thanks to my mum and uh, dad for making the cakes and the tablets so It's been thoroughly enjoyable evening uh, It's good fun Mr and Mrs McGinty Thank you very much uh, I've been Chris Bowd at the Chris Bowd Remember you can follow us if you don't already I don't know why you wouldn't But you can follow us on Twitter At 90 Minute Cynic You can follow us on Periscope Where we have fantastic videos that are all original entirely, content yep uh, no copyright issues whatsoever um, you can follow us on the Facebook you can follow us on Bebo probably uh, you Instagram know, Flipboard yep um, Flipboard's the big one getting yeah. us in that people uh, no thank you very much for your time and uh, we'll see you at some point down the road Sunday, Monday, happy days Sky, hello blue. There's nothing can hold me when I hold you. Feels so right, it can't be wrong. Rocking and rolling all week long. <laughs>